You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And the start of another week right here on Listen Up. It's Grant Napier. I hope that you are doing well. And unless you are a fan of the Rams, today is one of the worst sports days of the year. Because you wake up and you realize that you don't have any football for seven months. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. It's a terrible day to think that you got nothing to do next weekend on a Sunday. No football. It is every year. You got to read. You got. You got to understand, right? Don't you agree? Every year, the day after the Super Bowl, it's like, oh my gosh, you got to wait all the way until September for NFL football. That is what it is. So, if you want to talk about uh, the Super Bowl yesterday, we'll do it. I know a lot of people are talking about the officiating. Hey, the egregious call. You know, the face mask on Jalen Ramsey Higgins with the touchdown to open up the third quarter. I mean, that that was a a horrible miss call. We know that. The calls that bothered me at the end of the game on the last drive by the Rams was the full start that they didn't call. I mean, I don't know how you missed that. I mean, it was, it was so obvious. I mean, you have the line judge. I mean, how the hell do you miss that? It's just unbelievable to me. You're supposed to have, you know, the top officials in the game working. How do you miss a call like that? But, you know, the Bengals should have won the game. And they had a lot of opportunities, and they weren't able to do it. All the attrition, all the injuries, and the NFL season uh, is in the book. So if you want to talk about the game yesterday, we can do it. Uh, Again, it's painful for me, no football, but uh, the Rams do prevail 23-20. to And if you are a fan of the Bengals, I mean, you, you did everything but win the game. I mean, you really did. Uh, the, the the going forward on the first drive of the game on fourth down, risky call. But to me, you know, the Bengals on that final drive where it was four, where they had a fourth down, it was the second down play. You had second and one. You went for a home run ball. You had Chase lined up to the right. The defensive back was playing 10 yards off. It would have been an automatic first down. Automatic. You keep the chains going. You got a new set of downs. And who knows? You got a great kicker. So you wasted down on second. Then on third down, you're short. And on fourth down, Aaron Donald made the biggest play of the game. But it was the second down call I don't understand. 
Why are you going for a home run ball there? Why? I mean, yeah, I, I know what you probably are thinking. Well, if we don't make it, I've got a third and one and then a fourth and one. And But in that situation, you're in the Super Bowl. And all you need to do is keep the chains moving. Get a first down. Get a first down. Get a first down. You got the best kicker or the hottest kicker in football. You know, tie the game and see what happens in overtime. I, I didn't understand that. That was the that was the play that just did not make sense to me. That second down and one. In that situation, you know, listen, if you're in the first quarter, fine. If you're in the second quarter, fine. Third quarter, fine. But when you're under two minutes left and you're down 23-20 and you're, you need to get in the field goal position, take the first downs when they're there. Don't just think that the first down's always going to be there. It's not. It's not. And for the Bengals, they're going to be thinking about that series forever. That that series, you know, you make almost nine yards on first down, second and short, throw the ball away, third and one. Basically, then you're down with a fourth and a, a yard, yard and a half. And what happens? The game's over because Donald makes a great play and the game ends right then and there. I, again, I can't really fault the officiating. I do think that that missed false start was horrible. Horrible. I don't know how you missed that. I, I really don't. So uh, you look at NBC, probably the last game for Michaels and Collins were together. Michelle Tafoya is moving on. What did you think of the telecast yesterday? What did you think of it? How much of the pregame did you watch? So give me your thoughts. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. If you're a Kings fan, they are in Brooklyn tonight, taking on a team that is just pathetic, uh, and the Nets have lost 11 games in a row. There's no excuse, period, to lose this game tonight. You should be able to win. Uh, I predicted that they would beat Washington, another team that's been horrible. I predicted they'll win tonight. And then you close out the road trip Wednesday and the first half of the season in Chicago. How about Kevin Durant saying that James Harden doesn't owe an explanation to anyone? Really? So you can just be unprofessional the same way you were in Houston and you don't owe an explanation to anyone? I don't think Durant's dealing with reality sometimes. I really don't. I think he was an explanation to a lot of people. But it doesn't seem like anyone in Brooklyn is upset to see Harden leave. They might have a different impression when they get Ben Simmons on their squad, who, by the way, will not play tonight. So that's a quick look at the NBA. But if you want to talk about the NFL, you know, again, in the other aspect that's off the field, I have no idea what the attorneys that represent Brian Flores are thinking. I... Does Brian Flory think he's Vince Lombardi or something or what? Now he's going to, you know, amend the complaint to include the Houston Texans in his discrimination lawsuit. Why? Because they hired Levy Smith. Take Brian Flory's resume. Take Levy Smith resume. Put them down next to each other and tell me who you're going to hire. I mean, you're going to now include 
the Houston Texans in your discrimination suit? Are these attorneys, do they know what the hell they're doing? Seriously, I really mean that. Do they know what they're doing? Because it's it, it makes Brian Flores look really, really, really bad. Really bad. Like awful. Terrible. Uh, by the way, Odell Beckham does have a torn ACL. I think most of us knew that when you saw uh, the replay. And that's his second ACL. And you got to wonder what his future is like. Now with that, you know, he's just had so many injuries in the last couple of years of his career. All right. If you want to get in on the show, hit your hand icon uh, and we will do it. We'll take some phone calls right here on this Monday edition on Listen Up. Let's get to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you? Good. Thank you. Hey, you're, you're right on with that last that last series and everything. But I heard your rant today, but I, I just want to go back to the officiating. And the NFL has to do something in, the, in these, these big games about, about key plays. You know, that one Higgins, the one that had Higgins, that, you know, that was horrible. That, that didn't get called. And then the one uh, towards the end there, that that the the holding call was atrocious. I don't think it was atrocious. Uh, I really don't. I think it was inconsistent with the way that they've been calling the game all day. Uh, but I agree with you on that. The, you know, maybe, maybe, and again, I'm just saying maybe, maybe you can give, you know, the coaches, you know, an additional challenge or two where you can challenge absolutely anything you want on the field that doesn't have to be a quote-unquote reviewable play. Because to me, you know, if you look at the play that you re- referenced, the Higgins and the Ramsey. Face mask. Face mask. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was obvious. That would have been – that would have – everyone in the world that watched the replay knew that they missed the call. That's the area of the game that needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed. You're absolutely – I mean, I mean, it's, it's just that's – Especially in a Super Bowl playoff. I mean, it reminds me of the New Orleans Rams game when they didn't call that one bad call against uh, when the Saints got robbed to going forward. Same yep. same kind of incident. Yep. 100%. All right, man, I'm going to let you go. You got that noise in the background. Yeah, Thanks. we have a dog rescue. We have a nope. dog rescue. It's I'm all sorry. good. Hey, No, no, it's all good. You take care. Good hearing from Bye-bye. you. Thank you. All right. Hey, if you want to be on the show, again, uh, hit your hand icon, raise your hand. Uh, and we will do it. You know, the reality is you're going to have officiating mistakes in all sports. That's just it's it's a sport that is not robotic. OK, it's just not, you know, players make mistakes, officials make mistakes. But on the biggest stage in a Super Bowl, you know, to miss a call like that and to miss a false start. Which could have changed the entire outcome of the game. It looks bad for the NFL. It looks bad, in my opinion, uh, for the NFL. But again, you're not going to have a perfectly officiated game. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. All right, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Grant Napier right here on Listen Up. Uh, We'll be coming to you each and every day this week at 3 o'clock Pacific. Again, the Brian Flores situation, I just, to me, I do not understand what the hell their law firm is thinking about. How would you include the Houston Texans in the lawsuit that they discriminated against Brian Flores? What makes you so sure that the Houston Texans were going to hire Brian Flores 
before we filed this lawsuit. What are you basing that on? What are you basing that on? Sean Salisbury, who works in Houston, told me that he felt that had Flores not hired or not filed his lawsuit, he wouldn't have gotten the job, that McCown would have gotten the job. I mean, again, the allegations against Denver look very suspect after you heard John Elway and what he had to say. The timing in New York seemed very suspect after the Giants came out and made a statement. You know, to me, I don't know what the real story is in Miami. I'm more concerned about the allegations that the owner, Stephen Ross, tried to incentivize Flores for losing games. And that, to me, is a an absolutely gigantic issue because that hits right at the integrity of the National Football League. You know, the league has gone so overboard. They really have. I mean, I mean all you got to do is watch the Super Bowl. The league has gone so overboard in their woke culture of of it's it's just it's you know it really is embarrassing in a way it really is the nfl has become so woke and so over the top ridiculous that you just kind of sit back when you watch the game and go did i really see that is that really really happening on my tv screen as i watch the super bowl i mean it's just unbelievable it really is you know we as we continue to move forward with each passing month and year, we are getting further and further away from sports. You can't just watch a game anymore. It's not possible. You can't. Just can't happen. Just can't do it. If you want to watch sports, I don't really know what to say. I really don't. You're not watching 100% sports anymore when you watch professional sports in this country for the most part. You know, the National Football League is at the top of the list. You know, we've talked a lot about that here on Listen App. We've talked a lot about that on my podcast. It's just, it's it's over the top. You know, Roger Goodell to me doesn't have a, you know, yeah, he's making a ton of money for himself, and he's making a ton of money for the owners, but the guy on his watch, a lot of bad things have happened in the National Football League. And he's like, he, he doesn't even know what to say when he's asked questions. He really doesn't. He doesn't even know how to answer questions anymore. I mean, he really doesn't. It's just ridiculous. You know, the Brian Flores files a lawsuit, and Roger Goodell is having a meeting with others, including Al Sharpton. Really? Are we, are we really? Are you really having a meeting with Al Sharpton? as it relates to your hiring practices in your league, you need Al Sharpton. Seriously, you need Al Sharpton to give you advice on hiring practices in your league. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. It, it, it just is. It's truly, you just can't make it up. You cannot make it up. You cannot make it up. What's going to be on the field next year? What's going to be on the back of helmets next year? Seriously. And then, you know, you, how many times do I come on the air every every week and talking about another NFL player getting arrested, another NFL player for domestic violence, another NFL for DUI? And, I mean, I, you want me to, I mean, I can go on and on and on. And yet they put these messages all over their field and on the back of their helmets. Stop hate. 
Yeah, stop hate. Yeah, right. Stop hate. It takes all of us. And we can go on and on. And, and, and almost every week, I'm talking about a player that did something so stupid that he got arrested. Almost every week. Almost every single week. I do not understand the messaging in the National Football League. Actually, I take that back. I do understand the messaging in the National Football League. It's for them so they can say, hey, look, we're doing it. We're doing our part. It's just over-the-top ridiculous. It really is. It's over-the-top ridiculous. All right, give me your thoughts. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand, and we will put you right on on this Monday. If you want to talk NFL, we'll do it. If you want to talk about the NBA or whatever else is going on, uh, I am happy to take your phone calls as we begin this week here on Listen Up. All right, let's get to Forrest. Hey, Forrest, how are you today? Doing good, Grant. It's a, it's an awesome day. Yes, for you it is, sir. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I, uh, I took my son to uh, the Super Bowl experience at the L.A. Convention Center on Friday. And um, hats off to whoever put that event on um, because they did a wonderful job. There was plenty of security everywhere. So there was, you know, you weren't fearful that if anything broke out that there was going to be any problem. And then they had plenty of staff inside the convention center to answer any questions um, that you might have and what to do. And we spent a couple hours down there. That was a that was a blast. You know, the NFL, uh, and I've been involved with the NBA ones myself, the leagues do a phenomenal job with their marquee events. They really do. They do a great job. They Like NBA All-Star Weekend, they do a, just an unbelievable job. Super Bowl week that I've been to, and as you're talking about the NFL experience, they do an amazing job. I mean, the leagues, they don't get enough credit for the jobs they do in marketing their sport in those types of events. I totally agree with you. Yeah, they did do, do a great job on the marketing because it was, a, it was uh, you know, not to overanalyze it, but there was a huge mixed crowd of, of uh, you know, I'm 62. There was people my age and all the way down to small children yep. um, enjoying the whole event. And um, another thing that I, uh, you know, that you were talking about the whole woke culture and, and things. And I, you know, it's 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 becoming the sports stars who, you know, they've got their social media that is making them bigger stars than actually, I don't know, I don't want to say that what they are, but like with LeBron James coming out today and, you know, the camera was on him and his suite and like NBC was, you know, showing all of the stars and all that stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, this is this drove me nuts because it's like they're not the the issue here. Big deal. This is L.A. Hollywood. Of course, there's going to be people there, but. The, the product on the field is the main thing. Stay on the field. But LeBron James coming out today and saying that they should have a parade for the Dodgers and the Lakers along with the Rams. It's like, stay in your lane, LeBron. You, yep. you're, you're sucking right now. Your team that you put together, you know, under the disguise of Rob Palenka putting it together, is not doing very well. And now you want to grab some of the glory I'll tell you that what, the I gotta, Rams I, are getting? You know what? I'll tell you what. If LeBron James wants the Lakers – the Dodgers and Rams to have a joint championship parade. I got a great idea. Have LeBron pick up the tab for all the security. <laughs> no, no, I'm, no. I'm, yeah, wait a minute now. You know what I'm talking about. Have LeBron uh -huh. James pay for everything. Because if you are, for people that don't realize this, having a parade, a sports parade 
is an enormous undertaking and cost a ton of money. So I'll tell you what, if that's something that LeBron really wants to do, then he needs to pay for it. He can afford it. All right. He can pay for all the security. He can pay for the traffic closures. He can pay for all the permits. He can pay for all of the cleanup afterwards. He can pay for everything. Let him do it. He can pay for, you know, all the vehicles or whatever the case is in the parade, all the whatever. He can pay for it. Let him pay for it. If it's something that he really wants, then he needs to pick up the tab because he can afford it. Do it. If that's something he wants, he needs to go out and pay for it. Yeah, I think then he'd probably have a different uh, perspective on that. Whoa, whoa. Well, we don't need to have a real big party, a parade. We could just go down two streets instead of a mile long. <laughs> it's a joke. No, really. Do you realize uh, fans have no idea how much parades cost? I mean, it's not like just, well, gee, you know what? Well, we're going to have a parade and we're going to have it tomorrow at 2 o'clock. No, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Uh, there's an immense amount of security. There's all kinds of things. And it's very, very, very expensive. So, you know what? Let LeBron... Great idea, LeBron. Now you pay for it. Don't put it on the taxpayers. You pay for it. That seems to yeah. me to be right. My wife uh, works security, and she was planned on the company that she works uh, security for. They had planned uh, two months ago to be at the event, and it was going to be about a $5,000 uh, bump in salary for the, her to be there for that week. And then just the week before the preparatory week, they pulled out and said, well, we're going to use a different company that doesn't pay as much. So... I know what you exactly what you're talking about. How much security and yep. those things and kind of things cost. And let me ask you this: Who won this? Who won the World Series last year? Was it the Dodgers? No, it was the Atlanta Braves. Who won the NBA championship last year? Was it the Lakers? No, it was the Milwaukee Bucks. So what the heck is LeBron talking about anyway? I mean, really, you know how many cities in America could have joint parades if they want to go back years and include teams that have won championships? You know, in the last several years. I mean, how stupid is this anyway? Stop it already. Yeah, exactly. That's that's when you know something's wrong is all of your yes men that you got around you going, hold on, James, LeBron, that's not a really cool idea. It's a joke. And, uh, it's a joke. Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was the uh, the officiating and things. And I tell you, being a, a, a sports fan of any team, you know, you can go down that could have, should have, what might have been thing. I, You know, I still do it with the Rams against the Patriots and Brandon Cooks dropping that uh, touchdown pass in the end zone. And, uh, you know, the, that would have tied the score at 10-10. But, you know, he dropped it. So yep. and there was a couple of calls that they, you know, they didn't call in that game. But, you know, it's great to be on the other end of that. And that's what happens when it comes down to the bottom line is the Rams, all-star players, stepped up, and Cincinnati got the ball back. If the roles were reversed and the Rams had the ball back and going a minute 25, I'd take yep. that all day long. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm with thank you. Thank you, Grant. Forrest, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, LeBron James, I'm, I'm telling you, the guy just doesn't stop. How about that? Yeah, let's have a parade for, you know, the Lakers, the Dodgers, and the Rams. That's great. And let LeBron pay for all the security. Let him pay for it. Let him pay for the cleanup after the parade, which cost a fortune, by the way. Let him pay for blocking off all the streets and then all of the traffic control let him pay for that seriously let him pay for that let him do that and let him pay to make sure that all of the athletes that are in the parade are protected from the sick people out there because there are some and and we know that and so you have to have security you have to have extreme security measures to protect the participants in the parade so let him pay for that
be perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right, let's move along here. Alfred, hello, Al. Congratulations. Good day for you, man. How are you? And, you know, you spoke to your first Super Bowl with the Giants, and you guys, you and your friend yep. were down there watching the Giants play the, play the Broncos. I think that was the Rose Bowl, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes, it was. Yeah. And Phil Sims went to 22 out of 24, some ridiculous. 22 or 25. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm. It, it, was, it was a tough, hard-fought battle. I mean, you know, and you were right. I mean, it's funny when you were saying last week on uh, – on a no filter and also on listen, you said nobody's talking about the Bengals defense. Yep. And you called that. You said the Bengals, I think the Bengals defense are going to play a, they could be the X factor and keep the game, you know, under the overall, the total yes. if you're betting. So you, you were spot on with that. I, I was, I don't, but you know, the ramp, McVay kept trying to run the ball. And I used, I guess you do have to kind of keep running at the, sort of keep them honest, but maybe spread it out a little bit or try some, like they finally got, got fourth and one and they, and my heart was in my mouth and he hands it to Coop on a, on a jet sweep and, and yes. he made it. Whew, man. That was a huge call, boy. That was an absolutely gigantic call. And you know what? You here, here's what he did do. And I got to give him credit. They put the ball in their very best player's hand when they had to, you know, when the game was on the line, the guy yeah. that had the football was their very best player on the field. You know, absolutely, man. Don't like you always say, don't get cute, you know, and just go go to your go-to guy. You know, like I remember in 1984 when your Giants came into LA Coliseum, played by Rams in the in the wild card. Now I don't know if you remember that game. You guys are ahead of us, and we're on like your one-yard line, and we got Dickerson in the backfield. Now he ran for the 2,100 yards that year, and they what does John Robinson do? He decides, I'm going to, it's fourth and one. The Rams score a touchdown. They go up on the Giants. They take the lead late. He hands the ball to their our fullback who had like three carries right. all year, and you guys stoned him. Yeah, it makes no, it makes no sense. Like, you know, right. it was just too cutesy. Yep. But I, I uh, it's been a long time, and I'm happy for Blood and Deacon and Merlin. You know, just nice to get a L.A. Wimes and, uh, and uh, just checking in and, no force is there with his dad and you know call the calls where you spoke to this earlier on your rant and calls could work both ways yes, you know sure can Ramsey, they said the ref said ramsey's a the face mask of ramsey didn't alter the play but i don't know what did you think that's his oh, head yeah, of course it, of course it altered the play anyone that doesn't think it altered the play has never played football before yes of course <laughs> it altered the play Anyway, it, it was a hard-fought game the Bengals gave it everything they played with a lot of heart they got a bright Young yep. quarterback, a great young team, and I'm just grateful, man. I'm just, you know how the feeling, you know the feeling. Yep. Anyone anyway, got three more, and yep. it never gets tired, it's tiresome. But anyway, have a good day. Thanks for hearing me out. Yeah, thank and, you. Uh, and take Appreciate care. It. Yep, you do the same. Good call right there. If you want to come on, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and I will put you uh, right on. All right. Great to hear from uh, some of the regulars and the big Rams fans. Let's see if uh, John is happy with the way the game went yesterday. Hi, John. Grant, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hey, congratulations to Al and Forrest and all the Rams fans out there. That was one heck of a game. And, you know, there were some bad calls here and there. But like you said, Grant, there's a few bad calls in every game, whether it's football, basketball. You know, yep. You know, you're, you're just going to get a few of those no matter what. That's correct. Um, and that's I mean, the way it goes. Yes, indeed. It, you're exactly right, man. 
And the Bengals, I think they've got a pretty damn bright future, personally. I mean, for Joe Burrow, that just being, you know, his first playoff run, he played absolutely fantastic for a guy that yep. young. And and the cool, you know, ice water in his veins, I guess. He's just under pressure. And, you know, Aaron Donald isn't just under pressure. That's under some serious pressure. Yep, it, I agree with you. He's he's a real deal. He's got you know a top receiver in Chase. You know they, they 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 fix their offensive line a little bit. That team should be the dominant team in the AFC North for a, a good period of time. Man, I agree with you, and I think their first pick or two, maybe even three, will be offensive line help. It's yes. exactly what I think it's going to be. Maybe even another pass rusher, but offensive line help is going to be just massively important to them. No question. I mean, they'll probably use free agency, you know, as yeah. uh, to get to, uh, but they once they fix that aspect and it fixes it, but once they improve it's not bad, but it needs help. Yeah, it needs help. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Correct. No question you about know, it. Another thing I wanted to ask you, man, did you watch any of that golf on Saturday? I'll tell you right now, I think that tournament, especially at that par 316th, is one of the oh, most amazing. amazing scenes in all of golf. That is just hey. incredible to watch that. I don't think I've seen anything like that. Well, when Tiger won the Masters a few years ago, that yeah. was a hell of a scene walking down the 18th. But yes, on hole 16, that is just incredible. And, you know, I've seen it for years and years, but I don't, I don't think I've ever seen crowd reaction like that. And it may have been a little dirty you know, throwing, throwing beer and stuff, but you know what? That was just passion. That was passion at its greatest, man. It, it was fun to see. You know, I think when you go to that hole and uh -huh. it's basically party central beginning at sunrise, you probably sit there and realize that you might get drenched with beer or whatever. I think it's part of the deal. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. think anyone's really worried about it, but uh, that was some scene that was unbelievable. That scene. Incredible. I did not watch by the way, the uh, playoff, all right, I missed the playoff yesterday with Scotty Scheffler, you know, winning when he beat Patrick Cantlay. I, I missed it, but I will tell you this, okay, that scene, that golf tournament on Super Bowl weekend every year, that is some tournament. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, buddy. He's right about that. That 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 part three sixteenth, and then you you, you you think about the crowds, at the man, you know, like he brought up the Masters. Wow, how about that? From Super Bowl weekend in February, two months later, you had pristine Augusta. You imagine the fans acting like that at Augusta. Oh my gosh, that would really be something. That would be something. You know, it's not that, you know, tennis has a couple of venues like that. I mean, obviously, Wimbledon is, like, completely different than a crowd in New York, let's say. All right? I mean, if you're at the U.S. Open, I've been to the U.S. Open many, many, many years. And it's I've never been to Wimbledon, so I can't sit here and go, like, I'm an expert at Wimbledon. But you can just tell from watching on television. You know, like, Wimbledon is the Masters. And the U.S. Open is the Phoenix Open, you know. Now, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there, it's uh, it's definitely different. That is for sure. What's what's interesting about the examples that I just gave is obviously you're talking about two different continents, two different countries, and but you got Arizona, Phoenix, and then Augusta, Georgia. I mean, it's the same country, and fans acting uh, totally 
totally uh, different. But I do love that. That is a that's a phenomenal spectacle uh, out there in Phoenix. All right, if you want to get in on the program, uh, raise your hand, and we will be happy to uh, put you right on. Hit your hand icon. We'll do it, uh, and we will get you uh, right on. What did you do for the uh, Super Bowl? I did watch the game yesterday with uh, some friends, and you know, you always have that one person that won't shut the hell up, and he thinks that he knows everything about everything in football, and he knows nothing. Yeah, I had one of those while I was watching the game. You know, the guy that just will not shut up and wants to make it seem to everyone else there that he's some football expert. And I was sitting there silently trying to watch the game, saying to myself, this guy doesn't have any idea what the hell he's talking about. It's unbelievable, seriously. So that was my experience yesterday. I did not hear the game as much as I wanted to because of him. And because I, I do like listening to the announcers doing pivotal plays and pivotal moments in a game. But that did not happen to me yesterday. But that's, you know, that's part of going to a Super Bowl party or having people over. And, you know, obviously a lot of people are drinking and this guy got loud. And, you know, you would think he was like, you know, Mr. Football expert of the world. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible. And as I was sitting there, I was saying to myself, you know what? Now I know why I love sitting at home in a quiet environment where I control the environment. That's what I that's what I was thinking while I was watching the game. I was thinking, you know what? I would rather be at home watching this game where I control the environment. But again, it's Super Bowl. I enjoy watching the game. Obviously, it's what I do for a living as well because I come on and talk about it and I have to pay attention to what's happening. But in terms of the Super Bowl, yeah, I've been to parties where there were a ton of people and a lot of times you don't even have the sound on. So it just depends. You know, if it's if it's a blowout, I don't really care. And we used to have a lot of Super Bowls that were blowouts. But when it's a close game and everything's coming down to the last couple of minutes, not going to lie to you, I like listening to the announcers, unless it's Tony Romo. But if it's Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you agree with 
Cooper Cup being the MVP? Do you think Aaron Donald should have been the MVP? You know, I read this and I totally forgot. Do you know that all the MVP ballots are in before the right at the two-minute warning? I think there's 16 people that vote on the MVP. So if you look at Aaron Donald and what he did at the end of the game, that has no bearing on whether he would have been the MVP because the voting was already done. Now, in a close game, why does that happen? I mean, seriously, there's got to be a better way. Now, if it's a blowout, it wouldn't matter if you have the MVP voting and it's a two-minute warning. But in a close game where everything is hanging in the balance, like you can't wait? I mean, seriously, in terms of actual time of the game, including timeouts, play stoppage, is six, seven, eight, nine minutes really going to make that big of a difference? So you delay the MVP announcement for a few minutes at the end of the game. Is that going to kill anybody? Think about that. All the MVP votes are in by the two-minute warning. So what would have happened, hypothetically, if the Rams had made a first down there, or excuse me, the Bengals had made a first down there, and McPherson kicks a 60-yard field goal to tie the game. And let's just say that in overtime, the Bengals attempted a 64-yard field goal to win the world championship, and McPherson had made it. You don't think he's this MVP? Now, maybe, maybe they do things differently if the game goes in overtime. But Aaron Donald made the biggest play of the Super Bowl, and he's not the MVP because the voting had already taken place. What do you think about that? All right, again, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll put you right on here on this Monday edition of Listen Up. Did you... Were you you like me? Were you in with a group of people and there's always that one or two people that won't shut up? And you're like, oh, my God, please, just just give it a rest for a minute. Just a minute even. Just just a minute, please. It was like that for three and a half hours, four hours, you know? What did you think of the halftime show? Do you like it? Yeah, I thought it was very well done. Very well choreographed. Uh, Obviously, I think it was despicable that Eminem kneeling at the end of the performance. Just shameful. Just disgraceful. But the, the, I thought it was very well done. I thought it was very entertaining. Very well done. Thought it was great. I thought it was really good. I thought they did a fabulous job with that. What do you think? Again, I don't normally get caught up in the halftimes. I think the, I can't even remember the first halftime show. I know Madonna was there one year when I was at the Super Bowl, but in 1980, January 25th, 1987, all right, when the Giants played the Broncos, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Of course, it, it it's a lot different now, right? I do know that we were involved with the seat cushions, like they would actually put a message on the score, but when to turn your 
seat cushion in a certain way, you know, with obviously the two sides. So, but I thought, I thought yesterday, I thought it was very good. I thought it was very, very good. All right, again, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to Google this so I can see who was at the halftime show for the Giants and the Broncos. I do, I honestly don't remember. And again, I didn't even care. I don't, I don't think I cared. I mean, I was so freaking excited to be at the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I honestly don't remember. I really don't. But I do think it was very good. I thought they did a very uh, good job at the Super Bowl. You know, we make such a big deal of who's going to be performing at halftime of the Super Bowl. And as you can see, you know, not many people leave their seats, right? I mean, not many people are leaving their seats. Think about that. Probably the only game in sports where people don't leave their seats during the break, right? Everybody's sitting there. Everybody's waiting for the big halftime show. And yet, does that happen in any other sport? I'm trying to think. Does it happen in any other sport? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe a college football rivalry game because of the bands. So, you know, I know when I went to Alabama, you know, the million-dollar band is freaking amazing. Now that I think about it, a lot of – I didn't – but I know a lot of people stayed in the stands to watch the million-dollar band, as they called it, Alabama. They do, And, you know, to see that in person is pretty neat. You know, you don't realize how many people and everything else, but the but the Super Bowl, no one leaves their seats. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. So anyway, if you want to uh, talk about that or anything else, uh, the Rams get the fourth quarter touchdown. They come from behind. They win 23-20. to 20. Uh, Cooper Cup, the man, I mean, what a season he had, right? What an absolute storybook dream season for Cooper Cup. As good as it gets. I don't know if you can have a better season than he had. Wins the Triple Crown and then wins the Super Bowl and is the MVP. How about that? How about that? As Mel Allen used to say, how about that? That was something else. Incredible. All right, again, uh, if you want to talk about the NBA, we can do that. Normally, people would start moving on to baseball after the Super Bowl, but they're still in a lockout. Do you, you know, right now, pitchers and catchers would be making their way to Florida and Arizona, right? They'd be making their way to spring training. And in two weeks' time, you'd have spring training games. That's what would be going on, right? That's what would be going on. So are they going to get something done or not? Are they going to get something done? I guess Major League Baseball has offered to make changes to certain things like the minimum salary structure, uh, some tax penalties, which, you know, we don't care about that. We don't care. You think anybody that pays money to go watch a baseball game gives a damn 
what the structure is like in terms of minimum wage and that we don't care. Just let us know when you get a deal done. Seriously. I know that, you know, everywhere you look, all you're hearing about is little progress, little progress, little progress. Little progress. I mean, or just, just, you know what? Give us a press conference when you know that you have a deal. I mean, spring training is definitely going to be delayed. I, I don't, I don't see any way in the world that spring training, at the least, is not going to be delayed. And by the way, you've got the season opening up at the end of next month. You think you're going to have the season begin on time? And do you even care if the season begins on time? Do you even care? And I, I'm something else I was wondering about today. Now that we have no football, how are you going to fill your sports time? What do you do? Do you start watching college basketball? Do you focus on the National Hockey League? Do you start watching the NBA? You know, what are you going to start watching a little more of? Will it be the NBA and the stretch drive? The All-Star game is coming up next weekend, not this weekend, in beautiful, warm, sunny Cleveland, Ohio. How about that for you? Games tonight in the NBA, you got the Kings and Nets. Brooklyn's lost 11 in a row. Spurs are in Chicago. Portland travels to Milwaukee. Denver hosts Orlando. Utah is home to Houston. And Golden State is at the L.A. Clippers. When you look at the standings in the West, Portland now is in 10th. They're probably going to lose tonight because they're in Milwaukee. That would put them at 23 and 35. New Orleans has lost two in a row. They're at 22 and 34. The Spurs are in 12th at 22 and 35. And the Kings are in 13th place at 22 and 36. Oklahoma City and Houston are really the only two teams that are out of it in the West. Everyone else has got a chance. You know, again, Portland, New Orleans with 34 losses, San Antonio with 35 losses, and the Kings with 36. And, you know, you again, I, I think Portland will lose tonight in Milwaukee. San Antonio should lose in Chicago. And if those two things happen and the Kings win, then look how tight things are going to be. Uh, the Bulls have won three in a row. They got some injury problems as well. They're worried about Zach Levine. He's seeing a specialist for his knee. And, you know, yet I, I'm reading that he's still hopeful that he can play in the All-Star game. Why? Why? I mean, you're going to miss regular season games and you're going to play in the All-Star game? I mean, I understand that maybe it's a big individual achievement, but I, I don't quite understand that. I mean, they got tons of injuries. You're going to now have Levine going to play in the All-Star game? Why? I mean, I don't get it. You got Lonzo Ball with a meniscus tear, uh, Caruso with the fractured wrist from the dirty play. You know, they're both out. Now you're going to have Zach Levine. He's going to, he's not going to play uh, tonight or Wednesday night, but he's going to go 
play in the All-Star game? Why? I, I don't quite understand that. Does that make sense to you? Like, why would – why? So you're going to see a specialist for your knee, and you might play in the All-Star game. How about, like, you're not playing in the All-Star game, and you care so much about your team that you're going to give yourself extra rest and be ready for the final 25 games of the season? Is that asking too much? Seriously. Like, that to me is what makes sense. All right, again, raise your hand, hit that hand icon, uh, and we will do it. Again, do you have any thoughts on the halftime show? Do you have any thoughts on the officiating? Do you have any thoughts on the NBA? We can do it all right here on Listen App. Same thing tomorrow. Uh, by the way, tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, I will be on with Sean Salisbury. We will recap the entire Super Bowl and other things that are going on in the NFL. I'll also uh, talk to him about what he thinks about what's going on with the lawsuit and the Houston Texans being added. Sean, or the Texans. Sean works in Houston. He told uh, his audience last week and then told me on No Filter he thought McCown would have gotten the job had a lawsuit not been filed. He doesn't think Brian Flores was going to get that job anyway. Now all of a sudden, the Houston Texans are part of the lawsuit. Who's next? You know, seriously. Why would anyone interview Brian Flores now? And I really mean that. If you have an opening, why would you interview Brian Flores? If you don't hire him, you're going to get sued? Am I missing something here? Seriously. Help me out here if I'm missing something. Like, am I not, am I not, like, seeing this situation accurately? Am I missing, like, am I not using my common sense here? If I'm Brian Flores, why am I adding the Houston Texans to the suit in federal court? Why? They hired a black coach. They hired Lovey Smith. How are they discriminating against you if you're using race as the basis for your discrimination? how, How does that work? And again, as I said, if I put Brian Flores' resume on my desk, and I put Lovey Smith's resume. I'm like, you know, come on, it's not even close. And now you add the te- you you amend your complaint, right? You amend your complaint. When I say you, I mean I'm talking about your attorneys, but your attorneys don't do it without your approval. You amend your complaint, and now the Texans are being sued. Seriously. And again, why why would anyone interview? Brian Flores the rest of the way. I know there are no jobs right now, right, for the most part. Why would, why, 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 why why are you going to hire Brian Flores? I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, the Houston Texans, great. Who's next? You're going to interview all, t- you're going to just try to do interviews with all 32 teams and sue all 32 teams? As I said, I think the, the, the real concern, I want to know the investigation as it relates into Miami and Stephen Ross. Did he really try to incentivize Brian Flores for losing games? I mean, I, he's adamant, Ross is, that that's just not true. Well, and he said he welcomes the investigation and can't wait for it. Well, we'll find out if he really welcomes the investigation. Because I'll tell you this, if they find out that Ross did indeed 
try to incentivize Flores and pay him for losing, uh, not only will Stephen Ross not be the owner of the Miami Dolphins anymore, he's going to have that stain on him for the rest of his life. That not only did he lose his team, but he lied. That's a that's a real bad combination. That is a real bad combination. I I'll tell you this right now. If you're looking at the National Football League in this lawsuit, and you want to see the NFL shaking in its boots, so much so that Roger Goodell last week had a meeting with a variety of people, including Al Sharpton. Think about that for a minute. It's 2022, and the National Football League has one of their former coaches file a lawsuit in federal court, and the National Football League feels that they have to have a meeting regarding their hiring practices with Al Sharpton and others. Like, I'm sorry, Roger Goodell has no idea how to run his league. Shouldn't have to... we for, Again, we're, we shouldn't even be in this situation. I mean, it's absurd. It really is. It's absurd. You know, people that are close to the game talk about systemic racism in the NFL. They talk about all I know are the numbers and the facts. And they're, you know, you have to raise your eyebrows about the lack of minority coaches in the National Football League and general managers. So... Now Roger Goodell in 2022 is going to have a meeting with a variety of leaders and individuals, including Al Sharpton. I mean, I, I, the NFL is just so freaking woke, so over the top, so paranoid to a point where they got decals on the back of helmets, messaging on the field. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It truly is. And then you're going to have a halftime act in which, You'll have the largest numbers of any entertainment venue all year in America, and Eminem takes a knee. Great job, NFL. Great job. I'm sure you love that. Probably just thrilled to death. Thrilled to death. The National Football League. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in three or four years from now or five years from now? I mean that. What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? And there's so many different Stories coming out about the National Football League said that they did not attempt to stop Eminem from taking a knee. I mean, who knows what to believe, right? Who knows what to believe? The NFL has denied reports that it was attempting to stop Eminem from taking a knee. Brian McCarthy, the league spokesman, quote, we watched all elements of the show during multiple rehearsals this week. And we're aware that Eminem was going to do that. Great. You were aware that they were going, that he was going to do that. What else were you aware of? Like, so, so did the, does that mean the National Football League had final say and approval of what was going to go on at halftime? Like, if they didn't like an act? Did they have veto power where they could say, you can't do that? Just only in professional sports in America can you be dealing with these type of issues. Seriously. I thought it was a great show. I thought they did a great job. 
I, I really did. And I, I, I'm not a guy that sits there and goes, oh, I can't wait for halftime of the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not like that. I'm not that guy. You know, yeah, I watched it. But I'm not sitting there like going, oh, wow, you know, I can't wait until it's halftime. Not that big of a deal to me. You know, I enjoy it, but I can live without it. I could live without it. By the way, I've never been to SoFi Stadium. Didn't that thing look unbelievable on TV? I mean, it should for $5 billion, but that is some that is some facility. Did you see the pictures of the traffic last night in Los Angeles after the Super Bowl? Did you see that? I mean, I it was unbelievable. Did you see all the lights from all the aerial shots going in both directions? I mean, it was, like, incredible. Because you got to figure, not only are people leaving SoFi, but most of the people were inside, so then the Super Bowl ends and people go out to eat or what have you. I mean, the roads were just, it was awful. Then you have your, you know, your unruly fans in downtown Los Angeles where the mounted police and extra police have to come in because of the fans that are rioting in downtown Los Angeles. That's great. You know, it's unbelievable. It really is. Um, then you had Adrian Peterson. He was arrested for domestic violence and a connection from a flight. I guess airport officials said that, and again, this was according to L.A. Airport Police. They got a call at 8.30 in the morning about a possible domestic violence on board an aircraft going from Los Angeles to Houston. They responded to a, quote, verbal and physical altercation between a male suspect and a female victim. Peterson was booked in Los Angeles police. Let's see, it was the L.A. Police Department Pacific Division, $50,000 bail. He was released Sunday afternoon. A representative for Peterson and his wife said that they had a verbal argument on the plane. According to this report, Peterson grabbed her wedding ring and scratched her finger. All right. Peterson, uh, I guess we said that Ashley Peterson is not going to press charges. Quote, this is from a representative. This is a private misunderstanding between husband and wife, and we anticipate it will all be resolved shortly. If you remember, Peterson was charged with felony child abuse in 2014 for using a switch to spank his then four-year-old son, which resulted in cuts and bruises all over the boy's body. Back then, Peterson pleaded no contest. It was a reduced charge of misdemeanor. I think it was reckless assault. He got two years probation, fines, community service. So, you know, I can't imagine a public figure getting into a verbal and, according to the report, physical altercation, but a verbal altercation with your wife on an airplane for all to see. Like, really? What are you thinking about? Like, you're you're going to get in a verbal altercation with your wife and her with her husband on the airplane for all to see. Boy, that's great, huh? Good self-control right there. Let's go in a public place 
I'm one of the great running backs in the history of the NFL, and let's put on a scene for everybody. Absolutely brutal. Now, I don't know, you know, I would doubt anything's going to happen on this based on what I read earlier today. Might even have been resolved before I came on today. But I, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. I really don't. You got the you got a Super Bowl, the end of the football season, and on the same day you got Adrian Peterson being arrested, and you have Brian Flores and the lawsuit, the complaint being amended to include the Houston Texans. How about that? How about that? All right, tomorrow, uh, don't forget, we will be back on with you at 3 o'clock Pacific. Don't forget the Kings in about uh, 10 minutes square off, or I should, I think that's a 7.30 game with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, all right? I'll double-check the start time of that one more time. The game two of a three-game trip, 7.30 in Brooklyn. Can't imagine anything in New York starting at 7 o'clock. That's why I said when I saw that. So that tip-off is going to be in about 40 minutes. Uh, Pistons, Wizards, you got the Spurs and the Bulls, Trailblazers and the Bucks, uh, Raptors and the Pelicans, Magic Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz. You know, I would say this. So far... DeMontis Sabonis, we know he's the real deal. But Tyrese Halliburton has played very well. And I've already heard Rick Carlisle loves him. What did he have, 17 or 18 assists the other night? So this might be a deal that works out well for both teams. You know that? It might be a deal that ends up working out well uh, for both teams. So that would be good if it works out for both teams. That would be good. The uh, Pacers lost to Minnesota in that game. I think it was 129 uh, to 120. But, you know, I was reading some of the quotes after the game, uh, how much they've already really enjoyed uh, Halliburton. And we're not surprised by that. You know, we're not surprised by that at all. All right. Hey, great hour. Thank you very much. We'll do it again tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific. You make it a fabulous rest of the day. And thanks for listening to Grant Napier. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.